Welcome to the Believer's Guide to Christianity. This is our New Christians course, part one. This is the last session. Um, it's, a six, it's been a six-week series, and we've gone through so many different things. Today, what we want to do is uh, conclude with a baptism and also what to do next. Um, <clears throat> what I want to do, first of all, however, is just quickly um, go through our online presence. Uh, I just want to let you know how to get online. It's a www www.flg.org.au. That'll lead you to the website. There's a lot of good stuff on there. You know, we didn't just have a website just so that we have something else to do. We, we put that up for you. So let me just quickly go through what's on there. Now, once you've logged onto our website, the first page that loads is the home page. It has information regarding service times and a place to RSVP if you wish to attend a live service. It also has tabs that will give you access to a variety of resources and information. The next tab along is the About tab. Now this page tells you all about us, what we believe, our mission statement, and our irrevocable principles. Those are things that we won't back down from, all right? One of them being God first. You can become familiar with our team and also sow a seed into missions. Those are the charities that Full Life supports. The next tab along is a visit tab. Now, this is where you find our address and an invitation to join us. This page also has the information concerning our Sunday services and Bible college. You'll need to scroll down to find that, <laughs> okay? <laughs> right, the next one along is our sermons tab, and this page contains our current series. Now, this is a teaching that is being ministered in church on Sundays. You will also find pearls of wisdom which are short inspirational messages from various ministers and also a short video that assists you in taking Holy Communion. Now, you can do that anywhere at any time. Do you know you can take Holy Communion anytime you want? Please do so. All right, next we have Church Online. Now, that tab is very important. This is where you can join our Sunday Church service online. And uh, you can also use that tab to view Bible College, and that's currently running every second Friday in line with the New South Wales public school terms. Next one is the Bible College tab itself. Now, this one requires a login to access all the previous college lessons. It's free to create an account there, and I pray that all of you do. All right, let's go back to the homepage just for a moment. If you scroll down on the homepage, you'll find that you'll be able to access all of our social media sites. That's Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And follow us and you'll find inspirational quotes, scriptures, and snippets of preaching. You can access all of our teaching series on YouTube and experience some anointed worship music via the Full Life Worship tab. That's a little eagle down the bottom. All right, now that we've done that, let's go on to the next section, which is Living Life as God's Son or daughter. Hallelujah. First and foremost, don't ever stop learning. That is so important. Remember Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is the only way that you will ever move into God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. 
is through the renewing of the mind. Amen? So never stop learning. You know, people that say, well, I remember the day that I had my mind renewed. <laughs> Don't ever say that, okay? It's a journey, not a destination. All right. This is what allows you to get to know God more and more and allows you to hear Him more clearly and fellowship with Him on a daily basis. Second, learn to be led by the Spirit. This is so very important. You need to practice. You need to learn this. You need to listen for this. This isn't, so, you know, this Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to push you around all over the place. The devil will, but not him. So you really need to be sensitive to his voice. We really need to understand that he is that still small voice. And sometimes our objections drown him out. We need to be careful that we are not objecting to the things that he might be leading us into that we think are not good for us or difficult. He wants to bless you, but he needs you to obey him. Do you hear that? People say, well, aren't we free? Yeah, you're free to do a lot of stuff and go over the cliff. Amen. You know, people are too, they just, they think freedom is doing whatever they want. Thank God that isn't what freedom is because otherwise people would be doing stuff to you that you don't want. It works both ways. There are laws for a reason. Some people are a little too free. Amen. And yet, don't we do that with God so much of the time? Oh God, you know what? Uh, we're free now in the New Testament. We can do whatever we want. Uh, not that much. Remember, whatever you sow, you will reap. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, didn't mean to go all there. Okay, never mind. Romans 8.14. It says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So this is so very important, family. Number one, learn and grow, number two, be led by the Spirit. Be sensitive to His leading. Amen? Now, this can only come from knowing what God's Word says. See, please don't get weird in your leadings. And Okay? The Lord told me to sacrifice a small God. No, okay? No, none of that stuff. Listen, it needs to be in line with the Word of God. Some of the things that people have said, oh, the Lord said this to me. I'm thinking, which Lord? Who? Where? That's not God. He will never contradict his word. Did you hear me? Regardless of what religion might say. All right. So, let me, just, let me just read this out. Being led by the Spirit can only come from knowing God's, what God's word says, fellowshipping with him, and over time it will lead to God giving you specific instructions about what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and so on. You will also find that God will provide supernaturally for what he asks you to do. Now that is a key thing in the kingdom of God. God will never ask you to do something that he won't provide for. So we're going to talk at the end about faith, because all of this relates to that. Third, look for ways to be a blessing. That includes being kind to people around you, especially those in need. Praying for people. Giving of your time, your love, your money, and so on. Everything you would imagine God would do. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. 
Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, he says, be imitators of God. Did you hear that? He says, be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children. Verse 2, and live a life of love. Isn't that amazing? And he says, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Jesus Christ was a fragrant offering. Some people just stink. And let me just say this, man. (laughs) Don't be a stench in God's nostrils because of your stinking attitude or something else. You know, (laughs) these are the things that we need to get away from. Amen? You know, we need to be something that God says, oh, that's a nice, you know, aroma. That's, That's a blessing. And it's the same for the people around us. If you are a blessing, can I just say this? If you bless God, you will bless those around you. Amen. All right. Fourth, let your life be a testimony to the goodness of God. Let let me just repeat that. Let your life be a testimony, not to God, makes you suffer. And, and tests you and tries you and send you down to all kinds of paths just to see if you love him still. We don't need that kind of a gospel. We got enough problems with the devil. We don't need God to come and add to them. Hello. And he won't. Remember God's so loved that he gave. Amen. In our worst condition, he stepped up and he gave. And you know, the corresponding verse in 1 John says that he first loved us. See, we didn't love him and go after him. He loved us and came after us. I think that is very significant. And we need to remember that he pursued us. Why do we worship him? Why do we love him? Because he first loved us. Amen? Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. This is the New Living Translation. I really love this. It says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a mountain, glowing in the night for all to see. This is one of those beautiful verses. It's just so beautiful. You are, you glow for all to see. You are the light. We are living in a dark world. We are living in dark times. And God says, here's my light. And it's you. Amen? Hallelujah. This is something that becomes apparent as the Lord blesses you more and more. In all kinds of miraculous ways that are unique to you. You know, you'll become more and more of a testimony. Remember again, this is let your life be a testimony to the goodness of God. The more God blesses you the more people will see that they don't have to live under oppression or depression or sickness, disease, whatever. They'll look at you and see a better way. Do you know it's not what we say, it's who we are and what we do that people see? Are you with me? And if they see something that they're envious of, then they'll go after it. If you're trying to push something on them, they'll reject it automatically. This isn't about persuasive words. This is about living a life that shows the miracles of God, the love of God, 
the goodness of God, the kindness of God. Amen? could preach a lot more on those, but let me leave it there. As you share this with others, you bring them hope and a desire to seek God for themselves. Fifth and finally, always remember, walk by faith, not by sight. This is a hard one, <laughs> okay? <laughs> because all our lives, we have been trained to walk by sight. Amen. And suddenly you come into the kingdom of God and suddenly all the laws change. Everything changes. Everything is upside down. Now they say you got to believe before you see. Well, we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. Things that are seen are temporal. They're going to move. They're going to change. And, they will, they, and that can only happen while you keep your eyes on what's not seen. Amen? That is your eye of faith. What is, what is implied, remember they said while you look not at the things that are seen, but we look at the things that are unseen? There is a set of eyes on the inside of you that sees by faith. And that's how we receive everything. You know, when we were doing the, the faith course, I was teaching this to you, that if you see that on the inside, you were designed with more internal sight than external sight. Did you know that? We, are very, we, we sadly are lacking in that area because nobody ever trains that. Every, as I told you before, everything is about what's out here. But isn't it interesting that Jesus said, if you can believe it, then you have it. How do you believe? By faith, you see. And it's not just stuff you make up. They need to be what's in here. Amen? So the more you know about this, the more you can believe and receive. Hallelujah. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. When I said to walk by faith, not by sight, that was 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Hebrews 11, 6 says that without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Christian life is a faith life. Did you hear me? The Christian life is a faith life. We trust God to look after us, to provide for us, to protect us, to give us wisdom. Also, to receive forgiveness. When we did something really naughty and we feel really bad, <laughs> we have trouble forgiving ourselves. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sin, he is, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all our righteousness. But do we? Or do we hang on to things? Also remember, this isn't the license to sin. Because two verses from there, it says, I don't write these things that you sin, but that you don't sin. Amen? He doesn't want past sins to hold you back. He doesn't want the devil hounding you and saying you'll never change. He wants to give you a new start. Every single time, God wants to give you a new start. That's why I keep saying to you, you know, when you, if, you know, if we acknowledge our sin, he is faithful and just. The justice of God is involved in this. Because of the cross. To forgive you and cleanse you. 
Isn't it wonderful both happened? Because if he forgave you, then your dirty rags are still there. Remember, our righteousness is as filthy rags. But he cleanses you of all unrighteousness. You go to the washing machine. No, <laughs> okay? God's one without the tumble dry. Okay, you just get cleansed, man. I mean, you come out bright, shining, with not a spot on you. Nothing for the devil to point. Wow. And accuse you with. Amen? So don't let him. What else? We trust God to love others. Oh. <laughs> Remember when they said, how many times we forgive? Seven times? And, she, and the Lord said, so many times seven. And they said, increase our faith. <laughs> you know? We don't think we can do that. <laughs> Amen. See, we don't realize how much we need faith. That's what the writer of Hebrews says. Now the just or the righteous, that's you. You are the righteous. You are the righteous. Shall live by faith. Not occasionally, this is your life. Amen? He says you should live by faith. And if anyone draws back, that's in unbelief. God says my soul has no pleasure in him or her. That's serious. So much of the time we make excuses, God, we can't do that. It's beyond us. That's where you need faith. Do you know when you get to that place, you know what the next thing that should be coming out of your mouth is? But by faith, I believe. Not naturally what I can do, but by faith, I believe. And then you finish that, whatever you need. Amen? So this is the Christian life. A life of faith, hope, and love. That's 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And endless possibilities. Mark 9.23. All right. That brings us to the final part of our new Christians course. Wow, what a journey. And that is water baptism. Now, <laughs> I have to make some comments before we do this. First and foremost, it is important to note that baptism in itself does not get you saved. It is an outward representation of an inward reality. Did you hear that? It is an outward representation of an inward reality. If you're not already saved, this won't do it. Okay? This is, this is a representation of what we're believing that's already taken place. The inward reality of being forgiven and cleansed from all sin as a result of receiving Jesus Christ as Lord. It is also a public declaration of a person's faith in Christ. And not only symbolizes their entry into the family of God, but more importantly, their union with Christ. Did you hear the word symbolizes? Okay, this is all symbolic. <laughs> all right. Okay, that brings us to the purpose of baptism, which is to by faith identify with, which is another way of saying share in, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. The Apostle Paul explains this, this aspect of identification and union with Christ, in his letter to the church at Rome. When he says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 3 through 5, he says, Or are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? That's identification. Okay? Verse 4, We have therefore been buried with him 
through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and power of the Father, we too might walk habitually in newness of life, abandoning our old ways. Amen. Did we hear abandoning our ways? Okay. <laughs> Verse 5. For if, last one, for if we have become one with him, permanently united in the likeness of his death, we will also certainly be one with him and share fully in the likeness of his resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. Did you get that? See, this is the reason why we do this. This is symbolic. Like I said, this is, this is not you, you know, going through some spiritual experience. This is you publicly announcing that you have become one with the Lord. And so you receive everything he did on your behalf. He died for you, so you wouldn't have to. Do you hear me? He was made poor so you could become rich. He was made sick so you could be healed. All the things that he did is so that you could have his peace, his joy, his strength, his righteousness, all of his stuff. Amen. That's, that is what the cross is all about. That's what this baptism is all about. This is your way of remembering everything that was done. Receiving it all, for by grace you were saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Amen? Once again, this is a symbolic representation of our immersion into Christ and our entry into newness of life. It is a life that is free of condemnation. Remember Romans 8.1? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, and one that promises you the potential for supernatural victory in every area of your life. The Apostle John says in 1 John 5, 4, whatever is born of God, that's you. What's the next thing? Overcomes the world. Isn't overcome by the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You have the potential to overcome everything around you. And it says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. All right, as we conclude this session, I would like to invite those who asked to be baptized to come forward. I know there's two of you. Okay. The baptism itself will only take a few moments. Let me just read one verse before I do this. Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Give him a hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Buried with Christ and raised to newness of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give her a hand. Praise God. You may be seated.